This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. You're on the Kiss My Art show with Amy on Joy 94.9. Thanks to the World Wide Wave team for bringing us another fantastic show. As usual, the time is 9 o'clock on your very warm, very sticky Monday night, Melbourne. Perhaps this might be an inappropriate segue into tonight's program. But nonetheless, on Kiss My Arts tonight, we talk about pornography. Get your mind out of the gutter, people. Not that kind of pornography. Green Street Theatre presents a controversial and edgy show at the Malthouse Theatre this month called Pornography, which is set in London July 2005 when the G8 Summit, Live 8 Anti-Poverty Concert, Olympic Games announcement and fatal terrorist attacks all occurred, occurred within a short space of time. The play's title refers to the everyday obscenities of contemporary life, voiced by eight characters who find themselves performing personal, criminal or sexual acts of transgression over the course of seven historic days. We have David Miles, the director of the Melbourne production, with us on the show tonight to tell us all about pornography. Also on Kiss My Arts, we are featuring the new album from Bento, Never heard of them? But I bet you remember Silverchair though, right? Well, Bento is the new solo project of Silverchair's co-founder and drummer, Ben Gillies, who released his debut solo album in October last year, and it's called Diamond Days. We're featuring some of the music from that album right here on Kiss My Arts tonight, and we'll be speaking with the man himself, Ben Gillies, later on in the show. So kick back, relax, fill up that glass, and enjoy a warm, sticky, but refreshing hour of Kiss My Arts on this balmy summer's eve. This is the single from Bento's latest album. It's called Diamond Days. You're on Joy 94.9. Hey, this is Jack Cardi and you can kiss my arts. You're on the Kiss My Art Show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is seven minutes past the hour of nine on your lovely, sticky, warm Monday evening. I hope wherever you are, whether you're in the car, you're at home with the aircon on, or in a nice cool bath, wherever you are, I hope you are enjoying your Monday. David Miles lived and worked in the UK, the US and Europe for 25 years with acclaimed country companies with acclaimed countries and companies such as the National Theatre of Great Britain, the Royal Dramatic Theatre of Sweden, the BBC, ITV and Paramount Pictures, working in the theatre, TV, film and music industries. His theatre work has ranged right from Shakespeare through to rock musicals and everything in between. In Australia, David has directed drama, music theatre and opera for the Melbourne Theatre Company, the Malthouse, the Victorian Arts Centre and the Melbourne, Adelaide, Port Ferry and Castlemaine Festivals. His latest project has a rather catchy and controversial title, Pornography. To tell us all about it, we welcome David Miles to the show. David, thank you so much for joining us tonight on Kiss My Arts. You're welcome, Amy. Hi. Hi. Uh, 
Now, just to to get us all into the 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 headspace of what pornography actually is, tell us a little bit about the nuts and bolts of this play. The first thing is its setting, I suppose, and that's a setting which is a very sensitive one for British people. And as a result, this play has not actually had a major production in London yet. There has been one production performed on the outskirts of London, and that was one that was put together by the Travis Theatre Edinburgh and the Birmingham Repertory Company, who did it in Birmingham and at the Edinburgh Festival and transferred it to the Tricycle. But it's still considered very sensitive. But that was even still a couple of years after it, it was It was written, a few years so after that. All the English companies turned it down originally because they just it was just too raw for them. They couldn't deal with the fact that the play, which is even though it's not about the bombings. It certainly uses the bombings as a backdrop for uh, stories that are set against the turmoil, the emotional turmoil, which uh, occurred during that amazing week in London where they they had the euphoria, if you like, of, of the Live 8 concert on the Saturday night where an amazing concert in Hyde Park and they had Live 8 concerts hooked up around the world. It was the 20th anniversary of, of uh, Live Aid. So it, it was coupled with that as well as uh, coinciding with the G8 conference on poverty, which was also uh, part of the process of the whole Live Aid thing. So that was a fairly kind of euphoric situation. Then they got the Olympics. And, I mean, even living in Melbourne, we got a sense of what it meant for Sydney and, in fact, joined in the applause of Sydney getting the Olympics, but London getting the Olympics against rivals like Paris, which was actually, you know... So they were in an incredible state of euphoria on the Wednesday evening, and on the Thursday after the Wednesday evening, 52 people were killed in, in bomb attacks on London. So there was a huge emotional turmoil in the city. And Simon Stevens, he has taken the, the genesis of the play is the fact that as a result of these bombings, it was discovered that the perpetrators were not in fact people who'd flown in as they did at uh, 9-11 uh, from somewhere else. They were British born and bred and these people were a product of British society and, and, and the English, particularly the Londoners, felt this incredible sense of incredulity that this could happen and that's the starting point that Stimons, Stevens takes for the play. He's dealing with the incredulity of the British people so it's not about the bombings, it's about the reaction to the bombings. There's actually um, a quote that I have here from Simon himself that um, said that he was haunted by what the bombers were going through on that final day Day and that it struck him that at the heart of their action really was the alienation from the people that they were going to kill and also from themselves and that this seemed to be really symptomatic of a sort of consumerist and rather detached society rather than um, anything else. So um, I guess that's what makes this so controversial in a way. What's the most shocking thing, do you think, about pornography? The most shocking thing we have. I don't suppose, give away anything. We don't no, want any spoilers. No, 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 no <laughs> I won't give any absolute <laughs> details. But we have, there are there are six stories that involve eight characters. Every one of those characters crosses a line of what one would consider morally acceptable behaviour. And if you look at the end result of these uh, these incidents you would be shocked by what actually happens, what we are attempting to do, and what Simon Stevens obviously set out to do is to actually show the journey towards these particular acts of what he calls acts of transgression. And one finds out that, of course, 
what these people do is perfectly understandable. Now, whether you agree or disagree with them, to actually be able to understand the process whereby somebody comes to this point, I think is a really important thing. And that's what he is saying. He believe, His plays are often uh, accused of being violent. And, and and very negative. And in fact, what he actually says, he you know, his he writes these plays because he does believe in hope and redemption. He does believe that there is a future for us. But in order to get to that future, we have to understand what is going on, and what we have to understand that's going on was going on in London at that particular time, and is going on here and in every developed society is this alienation of people you know and margaret thatcher famously said once there is no such thing as society and that was some time ago and unfortunately those particular political ideologies that came from from that particular time are rampant now and uh, so we feel that we are not exempt from the situation that occurred in London all those years ago. We are not protected from that. There is a situation that hopefully never happens, but in order for it not to happen, seeing plays like this hopefully makes people just a little bit more aware of who well, their surroundings, where they're living. I can't wait to delve a little bit deeper into what pornography is all about, but we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. You're on the Kiss My Arts show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is a quarter past nine on your Monday evening. I hope you're having a lovely one and I do hope you have some air con because it's been very, very warm today. On Kiss My Arts tonight, we uh, have the absolute pleasure of having David Miles joining us on the show and he's the director of a new and very edgy and controversial play that is um, due to start at the Malthouse theatre this Wednesday. The play is called Pornography and to tell us more about it we have David with us here in the studio. David thank you for joining us again. Okay you're welcome. Now we were before the break we were talking about um, a little bit about pornography and what makes it so controversial. How did you feel about the play when you first saw it or read the the script? What was your initial reaction? Well, my initial reaction was I have no idea how I, I'm going to do this play, <laughs> be, primarily because Simon Stevens has written it in a form where there are no, there are no clues, there are no character names, so the dialogue is just written down on the page, and what one has to do is work out who is saying what to whom. Uh, there are no stage directions at all, which I am a great supporter of because I believe that everybody who does a play should actually actually stage it in a way that is means something to them. They, you shouldn't have to follow a writer's uh, instructions on how to stage a play. Uh, therefore, you have to come up with a concept, and the most Im- the only way you can come up with a concept for a play is to actually have a, a gut feeling about what it is trying to say. So the first time I read it, I thought, I don't understand this play completely, but I respond to the writing, which is superb. I mean, Simon Stevens is one of the uh, the foremost writers in England and has been for some time. It's, and it's, it's a shame that his work is just not performed very much over here. So hopefully this will address that situation. Uh, so it was the style of the writing, the quality of the writing, the subject matter, which I never saw as being about the bombings. I always saw it as about, uh, being about these characters, these characters who are alienated from life. And I just responded to it because I, I personally feel that 
this is what is actually happening in most of Western society. And certainly my own experience of being here is, is not that different, actually. It's, uh, we have a very comfortable life over here, but nevertheless, there is within it, there are these uh, opportunities, if you like, where people uh, do actually feel lost, lonely, alienated by a political ideology and B, I suppose, it's a kind of curious companion piece, but the the telecommunications revolution, which is actually meaning that, I mean, kids now don't, they hardly have a language that doesn't go beyond SMS talk or not even SMS. That's the old-fashioned talk, isn't it? <laughs> the text, you know, text talk and and and, and Twitter, etc., etc., etc. So, uh, so human contact between people is very different now from what it used to be. And I, you know, coming from where I come from, I just find that very easy, therefore, to to live in an, to live in isolation, and that's not good. So this this play is more about the condition of human. Um, psyche or, or our society uh, as we currently live in it more so than the bombings or or any of that that other stuff sure. that was going going on at the time the G8s and all that stuff. Oh sure. So is it is it really um, a play that is transferable from a British culture into say here in Melbourne? Absolutely. I mean, of course it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I mean, there's no. I mean, you can do English plays, of course, but. I wouldn't, you know, I was given the choice. What would you like to do? And I said, this is what I would like to do because it speaks to me and it speaks, I think it speaks to everybody if you can see beyond the narrative. And the, and, and the point about this is that one of the stories obviously centers around a bomber. Now, the, the background is, is, is factual because the bombings did occur and all the, all the incidents and all the, all the references are actual. The actual bomber himself is not taken from actuality. It's a fictional mm-hmm. uh, compilation, I suppose, of, of the four guys into one character. Uh, you know, and he doesn't come from the same city that the, the bombers come from, etc. So it's, right. so it's, uh, it's, it's actually comes from fact, but it's actually, it's actually fiction. All the other characters, the other seven characters, are all fictional, but they live in this particular time, and the, this heightened environment produces extreme situations. So he's he's chosen to place this, and therefore these people all commit these acts of transgression against this heightened awareness of what's actually going on but all these acts are things that occur everywhere everywhere in every city all the time so i i read that the play is presented as a series of disconnected monologues is that the way you're presenting it's, it or i mean it's obviously written as monologues there's and duologues yep. there's there's two duologues and four does that make four yes makes four. and four <laughs> two duologues two that's, that's four people four. <laughs> and, and four that's eight people and four monologues but what i the way that i'm actually staging it is that the other the other people are involved in the other monologues uh, as not as different characters but as as their own characters but their own characters in a different space, different time. So they they have a through line. There are there's a character who speaks to herself, but in doing so, she actually makes a psychic connection to the people who are actually having the monologue, for example. So there is a kind of a strange kind of interaction. So you're actually seeing the only time you see one person on stage alone is in fact the very last person the is last that time. is that symbolic of our sort of detached of course and, of yeah, course yeah. so you know people you know people can be in crowded situations but completely you know and i guess public transport is the perfect, perfect example yeah, of this yeah. where 
crowded trains are full of people who are not connecting, who don't want to connect to anybody. We all know. We all know. Don't that. sit next to me. No, please don't. <laughs> if you get on the 78 tram, please be careful. And don't so, sit next to David. He's wearing a uh, salmon-coloured shirt. Oh, and dear. Right, yes. <laughs> We all want to be isolated and disconnected from people. Um, so you've spent um, a lot of your career um, over in Britain itself, in Europe and the US um, as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've actually directed a lot of plays in the context of a, um, of a British society. Um, how do you think us Melbournians are going to respond to pornography what's your prediction well i hope they actually respond to it as i've said before not as a play about england but as a play about about ourselves and one of the actors when i showed her the play originally uh said it was shocking but relatable and that's from Mm -hmm. somebody just reading the play Mm -hmm. And and the character that she was reading for does pretty horrible thing I have to say but even this even though this particular actor would say well of course I that's got I would never but I totally understand how that can happen because of the way that the play is written so every act even even I suppose the extreme example if you can actually watch the bomber go through his journey and what it was like as Simon Stevens I wondered what it was like on that day for him and you get follow him through and if, even at the end you you can't say that killing 52 people is something which is you can condone of course you can't do that but if you can actually understand why he got to the point where he felt that he needed to do this uh, then I think half half what I'm trying to do it will be successful because Melburnians will actually relate to it. Hopefully, as I said, it never happens. But mm-hmm. all the other incidents that happen are happening. They are happening, as I said, every day. I mean, every time you, you turn on the news and you see the next door neighbour interviewed and he says, oh, he was such a quiet person, I never thought he would do anything like this. Mm-hmm. This is something that happens all the time. Yeah. So, you know, these acts of transgression are not alien to to us or any any city anywhere so what's the one thing that we're going to leave the theater with i hope you leave the theater the next time you see a shocking headline you actually just think a little bit more about it before you jump in and condemn and that's that's basically what and you know the media are very good at creating headlines that actually objectify people and it's very easy to do that David, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Just before you go, um, the pornography actually begins this Wednesday. Wednesday, the first preview. Thursday, we open and then we run for a few weeks. Yes. Up until March the 3rd, I March believe. March the 3rd. I, because of the demand for tickets, there's a possibility we'll be playing longer. Oh, excellent. So, but still doesn't mean to say you can hang on. Get in, get in there get and in get there. your tickets. To yes. do that, uh, you can head to itsnotwhatyouthink.com.au or, of course, you can go to uh, the Malthouse Theatre website or Ticketmaster website as well to book your tickets to see this wonderful play. David, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Amy. Stay tuned because coming up after the break, we check out one of the infectious new tracks from Bento's latest album. And later in the ch- in the show, we chat with the ex-Silverchair man himself, Ben Gilly. So stay tuned. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Hi, this is Amber Nichols and you're listening to the Kiss My Art Show with Amy on Joy 94.9. You are indeed on the Kiss My Arts Show with Amy on Joy 94.9. The time is 
29 minutes, nearly half past nine on your Monday evening. Uh, During the song, we got a text message through from Matt saying, I'm on a train not connecting right now because I have my earphones in listening to Joy. Uh, Thanks, Matt. So, um... Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure to have David Miles on the show with us before, director of the Melbourne production of Pornography, uh, a production all about uh, the non-connectedness of society and the implications that that can have. Uh, so if you're keen to check that out, it's at the Malthouse Theatre. Head to itsnotwhatyouthink.com.au to find out all the information about that. Silverchair have celebrated over 20 years of Australian and international success with 21 ARIA awards, six APRA awards, and all five of their studio albums reaching number one in the Australian album charts. In 2011, the band officially announced its indefinite hibernation. But the musical talent of the three superstars certainly isn't going to waste, with each of them stepping out with their own solo projects. It looks like Silverchair's drummer Ben Gillies may have had an inspiring sushi lunch one afternoon, which prompted him to step out on his own under the name of Bento. Well, I tell you what, folks, that that must have been one hell of a lunch because Ben's new solo project kicks ass and would make any bento box look pretty darn bland. Before we speak with Ben himself, let's check out another one of the tracks from his new album. This one is called April Fool. And it's uh, on your on Joy 94.9. Stay tuned. Joy 94.9. You've just been listening to a track called April Fool, and that is off an album called Diamond Days, which is actually the debut solo album from Ben Gillies, who was the drummer and co-founder of Silverchair. Diamond Days is an album of 12 new bristling and glistening rock and roll songs. With Ben Gillies, who, who we just uh, described as the drummer of Silverchair, singing his heart out, singing his own songs and opening up like you've never heard him before. It's an album of self-discovery, of finding myself, says Ben. I've always written songs and over the years I've kept a log of every idea. It's exciting to finally see some of these ideas fully realised. And that's a quote from Ben himself. Ben also says, Being part of something as awesome and mammoth as Silverchair required so much of myself and at times there was very little energy left for other things. Now I feel as if I'm freed up and can satisfy my own creative output and get about doing what makes sense for me at this point. It's been a while in the making, but I'm excited to share it. Thanks, Ben, and we are excited to hear it because this album is full of incredible tracks. We're going to take a listen to another one, and this one is called Words of Love. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Hey, this is Black Chords. You can kiss my arts. Joy 94.9 FM. (laughs) 
You're on the Kiss My Arts show on Joy 94.9. The time is 19 minutes to 10. I hope you're having a lovely, refreshing Monday evening with the fan on and a glass in hand. Before the break, we heard a track by uh, Bento, which is the new solo project from Silverchair's drummer, Ben Gillies. That one was called Words of Love. I think it's rock music at its absolute best. I'm, I'm really a fan of, uh, of Bento and Ben Gillies new music and it's funny because we were talking with David Miles before about uh, the new edgy and controversial play pornography about people not connecting but I feel like sometimes when we listen to music it uh, you know it connects us all together and it brings us uh, you know as a society uh, together and I feel like some of these songs uh, from Ben's have really done that so um, thank you Ben we'll be out speaking with Ben very shortly but before we do that Prepare yourself because Ben Gilly's latest solo project, as you've heard, Bento, sounds nothing like Silverchair. And if you've happened to have heard Ben's short-lived Tambourine project from a few years back, well, Bento sounds absolutely nothing like that either. The immediacy of the title track Diamond Days, which we heard to er, heard earlier in the show, will give you a fair indication of what Bento is all about. But there are a dozen different moods and views present on the album, kind of like a bento box, I guess. I wonder if that was the intention. Hmm. Well, I'm sure we'll find out soon because we've got Ben on the line to tell us all about his new music and life after Silverchair. But before we get chatting with Ben, let's take a listen to another track off the album. Before we do that, though, don't forget that you can join in the conversation tonight. You can text 0427 JOY949. If you've run out of credit, you can email us at onair at joy.org.au. We'd love to hear what you think about the show tonight. We've had another text message come through. It says, I'm here listening to my clever, wonderful girl sending mum love to Joy. Oh, mum, thank you. It's so lovely. Mum's listening all the way from the Central Coast. Uh, so I hope you're enjoying the show, Mum, with your feet in a foot spa or something um, and that it's a bit cooler up there than it is down here in Melbourne. Anyway, enough of that. Let's check out another track from Bento. This one is called West Side Story. So let's check this out. You're on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Hi, this is Denny Hines, and did you know that Joy supports local artists? I mean, really, did you? Such is my fine self. Keep listening to the tracks on Joy 94.9. You're on Kiss My Arts on Joy 94.9. The time is 11 minutes to the hour of 10. We have the lovely Ben Gillies on the phone with us to talk about his new solo project, Bento. Ben, are you there? Hello? Ben, are you there? Yes. Oh, g'day. G'day, Ben. How are you? Good, good, good. Are we li- we're live, aren't we? We are absolutely live. How how are you going? Oh, my God. I always get really scared if I'm going to say anything. It's like <laughs> bad if we're live. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, look, Ben, um, congratulations, by the way, on such an incredible album. We've been listening. I think we've listened to six of the tracks during the show tonight. And I tell you what, they are all absolutely fantastic. I've fallen in love with the album straight away. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. You can probably hear that all the time, but you know. 
lap it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fantastic. You know, that, um, I guess I, I, it's, it's always nice when you hear people uh, love your music because I, I do music because I love it too. So, um, you know, it's always nice to hear when people appreciate it as well. So, Ben, I've read that um, that you feel like this is an album of self-discovery and of finding yourself. Do you feel like you found your creative home in Bento? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, uh, Silverchair is, um, you know, well, I don't, I'm not sure how aware people are, but I'm one of the guys in Silverchair. So. I think we've all established that. <laughs> okay, good. So, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that, that's such a, you know, that's such a large part of my life, and um, you know, I've added uh, so much of that band as well that um but there's a lot of personalities and and different opinions but um it's nice to have something outside of that that's completely mine and completely my creative vision so and i think it's something i've i've yearned for a long time uh particularly that that dan's you know kind of taken up the, the songwriting responsibilities for the last couple of records, so and I've always but I, I I wrote a lot of music on the early chair the silver chair records, but um, you know I've I've always really felt like I need to have an outlet. So Bento is has become and and is my creative outlet that you know will pro- most probably you know I'll be an old man and I'll still be doing Bento and hopefully you know. To be doing silver chair, but you know it's much harder to determine those things because of you know there's so many personalities um, connected to it. Do, do you feel like you're kind of starting all over again with Bento? Uh, in a way, yes, I, I, I definitely am. So I'm, I'm actually standing in the street now, and cars going past. Hello. Hello. I'm not going to say what their number plate is. <laughs> are, you, are you in Melbourne at the moment or are you in Newcastle? Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle. Your hometown, hanging out. I hope it's a bit cooler there than it is here in Melbourne. It's um, it's very warm here at the moment. I don't know what it's like up there, but... um, yeah, It's actually, it's it's quite mild tonight. It's uh, probably, you know, mid, mid-20s. Oh, send some of that our way. <laughs> so, um, but, um, look, do you, yeah. do you think that... Um, that you're ever going to sort of shake the silver chair label or are you happy to kind of, you know, go with that even though you're presenting yourself as Bento now? Um, you know, I, I think that the silver chair uh, label is, it, it's it's a positive, you mm-hmm. know, because um, it, get, it opens a lot of doors for me that, that probably wouldn't have been open otherwise. Um and it just gives me yeah, a lot of opportunities that, you know, because it's like any industry or anyone that you love to meet, you know, you, you ne- network with people and you, and, you know, people talk to people and you say, hey, I, and the same with the music industry, like people, a lot of people may see the music industry as something untouchable or something that, you know, I could never do that, but once you're involved in it, um, you realise that it's actually very small. It's like every other industry. Like you know, my my, my dad's actually a plumber, so he's a tradie. Well, there you so, go. So there you go. So you know, it's, it's made me realise. You know, as I've gotten older, um, made those comparisons to you know 
my, my, I always felt like my old man knew all these people, and and it's the same with the the Australian music industry. So, um, yes, the silver ch- the silver chair connection definitely opens doors, but you still have to, you know, you still have to you still have to perform, you still have to deliver, and you still have to um, do something that's um, got integrity to yourself, you know. You, you, it doesn't matter. You can have all the doors open in the world, but if if you don't kind of step up to the plate, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So, so you know, and but I, you know, I'm I'm um I love what I do. I love music. I'm passionate, and and that's I think that's the most important thing to be to do something that you do that, that turns turns you on and makes your heart sing. And and, um, and we're very um, glad that you have because, as I said, um, this album is absolutely um, incredible. So what's coming up next then for, for Bento? Have you got a, a tour or some um, a string of gigs or, or what's on the cards for 2013? Uh, well, at the moment, uh, I'm bring, looking at bringing another single out in the next couple of weeks. I have in the hype... Uh, it hasn't been announced yet, so I'm not going to announce it just yet. <laughs> you don't want to give anything away? No spoilers allowed? No, well, you know, it's, 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 it's not like a big secret. It's just a, a single off the uh, off the record. But um, I'm actually going to, well, Bento's going to Afghanistan uh, in March. All right. Yeah, it's due to play for the troops. And um, following off that, we're hoping to do a tour up the east coast of Australia. And then um, I'm not really sure. Like, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, there's a lot of things going on at the moment. But, um, you know, I'm I'm just building. It's it's like another, it's like another uh, uh, arm of, 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 so not not a silver chair, but like um, you know, I I almost have to build up silver chair, uh, bento from the ground up. So mm. you know, that's how that's how I feel about the whole project. Ben, look, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to to leave it there. But all the best with Bento. As I said, we love it here, and we've been playing all the tracks. We're going to uh, actually finish off the show tonight with another one of your tracks. So, um, if people are keen to check out more and follow you and make sure that they're connected to you, uh, is there a website that people can connect with you? Oh yeah, definitely. It's we are. Bento.com. Excellent. So that's to distinguish from all the other bentos. If you Google bento, I'm sure lots of <laughs> restaurants come up or something. Who knows? But um, Ben, yeah. thanks so much for joining us and all the best with bento. Oh, thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Good night. Good night. And that was Ben from Bento, um, one third of the Silverchair Trio. So I'm going to leave you with another track tonight from his new album. This one's called Wheels Turn. Up next, we've got the boys from the Cubby House as usual, so make sure you stay tuned for that. You're on Joy 94.9. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.